Today's episode of Jam Session on Channel 33 is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and music tickets. Other sites have gone back to the same old tactic of showing you a lower price and then charging huge fees at checkout. But at SeatGeek, the price you see is always the price you pay. With SeatGeek, there's just no guesswork. You know exactly how much you're paying, where you're sitting, and whether or not you're getting a good deal. All right from your phone. So drop your old site and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. Start using SeatGeek on your phone by downloading the free SeatGeek app or going to SeatGeek.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our newest podcasts, Keeping It 1600, The Watch, The Ringer NFL Show, and The Ringer NBA Show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We're full of excitement and energy and jubilance today. We really are. The, the sun, sun is shining. I was literally about <laughs> to say, the sun is shining. So let me let me say a little bit about this. I moved to LA about three months ago. Yeah, over three months now, Amanda. Don't shortchange yourself. I know, three and a half every day. So anyway. Every day it adds up. And um, I was not told about this phenomenon called June gloom yes, until it's... I arrived, until it was too late to do anything. <laughs> Uh, I would also point out that it is May. I think it's El Nino's fault. I'm just going to blame it on El Nino. Which was cloudy every morning. Yeah, but it, bre- it breaks. Today broke early. I mean, we just walked over to the new podcast studio and the sun was shining and we are full of enthusiasm. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about things we're excited about in the wonderful world of pop culture. Yeah, we're just going to share joy. Yeah. Because it was it was not a super, like, it was a pretty negative week sure. in a kind of pop culture gossip stuff. I just, I want to go on record and say just Blake Lively no just a strong just no. absolutely not no uh and that's all we're gonna say on it but it was stuff like that that's not it's just people being idiots and saying uh things they shouldn't and so we're gonna we're gonna do happy stuff everything uh related to can also i'm just like eh, boring do people care about can uh i mean movie people do because mm. i think at the, you know it's still like walking on the red carpet they make a huge deal out of it sure. and the dresses etc it seems fun to attend i'd like to attend yeah. The yacht life looks great. Do you watch not like the thing that looks great about the yacht life in Cannes mm-hmm. is that it's like very close to shore. There's no like middle of the ocean action happening. That's true. So it's really just like a hotel on the water. There's it's just not like, like you're jumping. actually yachting. Yeah. No, it seems great. Ideal yacht experience. I love a dramatic entrance from like a speedboat on the Mediterranean. Yeah, of I think that's great. I really am I'm pro Mediterranean in general. Yeah, so. of course. Um first thing we want to talk about. We're each gonna share three things. That we are excited about. Yeah, maybe we'll just do like five because this first one is. A, I was going to say number one. Well, I was going to say number one. I'm excited about the Mediterranean. Oh right. Okay, That's just great. in general. Things set there, too. films, film festivals, television shows, whatever. We I'm, both have the Mediterranean in our near future as well. Which yeah, that's is very true. Exciting. We keep talking about that. I know. We sound like assholes. <laughs> I think we should just specify for the record. I will be going on my honeymoon there. It's not like I spend a lot of time. In I'm the going to a wedding in the Mediterranean. It's true. Okay. So they're both very valid. Special occasions. Um. Also, a special occasion is when Mariah Carey drops oh by Watch What Happens Live. Mariah! So this week she went on the show. What's she promoting? I don't even know. I think she has a new TV show coming, like a reality show Mariah's or World, I yeah, believe. Mariah's World. Yeah, Mariah's World. So she went on Andy Cohen's show to promote it. And, like, I really admire Andy Cohen because he's solidified this space with celebrities where, like, they just open up to him for no apparent reason. I think it's the alcohol. <laughs> That's a good point. I support anyone whose show involves a special bartender standing in the back just, like, serving alcohol. <laughs> Though, again, do you think anyone's actually drinking? Yes, I do. This is, like, every single time I see alcohol, like, consumed on television, I'm just skeptical because it seems so dumb. 
If I you're guess. a celebrity, here's what you should not do. Drink a lot and then go on national television. You okay there, Julia? You got yeah, some sad. emails? Sorry. Okay. It's, my, it's my daily Kanye moment. <laughs> <laughs> or weekly, I should say. Anyway, it's just like, do not mix alcohol and cameras. I know. I, I mean, also don't talk to TMZ. That's the second rule of cameras. True. But but we believe on Andy Cohen's I show think that so. they... I, by the way, I just want to say when people actually do mix alcohol on cameras, I'm delighted. Yes, I think it's great. always really great. It's the premise of many of my favorite programs. Like exactly. The and also my favorite celebrity moments like Reese Witherspoon dancing yeah. at a wedding. Yeah, because he gets, just like Reese at the wedding, he gets people to really open up of like of like sure. their actual opinions. So does the alcohol. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. He feeds them the alcohol until they're ready to be real. And Mariah Carey went on his show and she just kept it so 100. And it's really all she does at this point. That's kind of why we love Mariah. Yeah, it's been a few, kind of a rough few years with her though. Yeah. Like, you know, her not being able to pull off singing All I Want for Christmas on the NBC special that two Christmases tough. ago. Very, yeah. very upsetting. Yeah. Um, I just, like, want the, the most and the best also, for her. Also, yeah, and her divorce, of course. Oh, but yeah, now her... she's engaged again to a billionaire. Yeah, so Mariah stays winning. So apparently she has a feud with Jennifer Lopez. Did you know about this? I learned about it last night. I, again, I, like Mariah, was like, oh, that's so long ago. Why are we still talking about this? But I do vaguely remember that it happened so a she while was, ago. So she was asked if she knew Jennifer Lopez, and she was like, no, I don't, basically. <laughs> and then Jennifer just, Lopez just... called her out on it. And... Then this this week on Watch What Happens, Mariah Carey explains that like yes, I know who she is, but no, I don't know her. And I love that distinction because that's that's first of all very real. Like when if someone was like, "Do you know Reese Witherspoon?" You would be like, "No, of course you know who she is." And so Mariah explains like just because we're all in Hollywood doesn't know doesn't mean we actually know each other. Yes, but of course Mariah has definitely met Jennifer Lopez (laughs) at some point and it is definitely (laughs) just the ultimate power move, which is why I'm so proud of her. It's incredible. It is incredible. Just be like, no, I don't know that person. If you've met that person, you are just like the power structure. You're enforcing it so hard and it's so incredible. It's an ultimate power move. And it's so dumb of J-Lo to like even enter the fray. If someone's like, yeah, I don't know that person, that you just go with it. Because like there's nothing that you can do to make yourself look better. Absolutely. There's no situation in which J-Lo looks cool after being like, no, we've met. I think there's an alternate universe in which J-Lo had stayed an actress and never tried to be a overall entertainer. Where she could have been like best friends with Mariah Carey. Mariah could just be like the music star and JLo could be the superstar actress. I think it's like two large personalities yeah. that probably can't fit in one relationship. Yeah. I mean in general. I don't know if anyone can really fit in a relationship with Mariah Carey. Yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> she I the thing is, her music is just like undeniably amazing I, right. I and like people who hate on mariah i'm just like listen to her tunes and then get back to me I, she's just so right. good i also can we also talk about the other part of this show and again andy cohen something of a genius he plays um i plead the fifth yeah with mariah carey and so this structure is basically he asks her three questions and she can only like plead the fifth on one of them yeah um and one of the questions is just, can you say anything nice about Nicki Minaj? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, please, I, I, go find this video, watch Mariah's we'll tweet it out. reaction. And then she, her, she makes this incredible face and like holds the camera for like five seconds and then just goes, can you? Yeah. <laughs> what a legend. I love it. And th- I like that in particular because you're not really allowed to publicly dislike Nicki Minaj. She's no, got, you aren't. She's but plenty got, of people do. Yeah. She's got a lot of fans who will come They're after wrong, you, though. But 
They sure. do. Sure. Yeah. I forgot about their American Idol feud. I kind of forgot that from between Mariah Carey and Nicki Minaj. Right. I forgot Mariah Carey was actually even on American Idol, which she ha- she was for several years. Oh, right. I did forget and that. And Jennifer Lopez is on it too, right? Yes. So they've got a lot of it's probably where they met. Yeah. I, I went back and I watched Jennifer Lopez's um, uh, Watch What Happens live interview from a few months ago. And she, when she was preparing for her Vegas show, she went to Celine Dion, Britney Spears, in Cirque du Soleil, and she might have even gone to Shania, but she did not go to Mariah. And Andy was like, how do you explain that? And Jennifer Lopez is like some long, elaborate answer, really busy, American Idol on the weekends. I had, I was shooting, she was shooting her TV show during the week and like traveling. And I was like, okay, sure, 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 sure. scrambling. Yeah. I mean, a lot of respect to Andy Cohen for asking that follow-up question. Um, Absolutely. He's a good interviewer. He doesn't shy away yeah, from the tough question. That's true. Here's what I would like to say about Mariah's performance last night. It's just that it's like the incredible amount of just being really mean to someone without actually saying anything mean, which is beautiful. Like she didn't get down in the dirt with anyone. She wasn't like calling names. She wasn't like starting any vicious rumors. She's just like telegraphing her intense dislike for people with no explanation, which is such a strong, admirable decision. I know. I loved it. She's like, she's a powerful woman. That's great. And you're yeah. allowed to dislike people, of and you don't need you to are. answer and explain why. In fact, I dislike people who like everyone. It's yes. just not possible. Take a stand. It's true. It's everyone's too nice. I think this is generally a complaint I have about men more than women. Can you just be a little bit more discriminating in who you like and don't like? Yeah, that's a really good point. They'll just they make room for everyone. Yeah, and just like you don't need to. And I think that I don't know. I think men. They have, like, there's always one dude in the friend group that none of them like, but they yeah. keep him around. I guess that's true for women, too. Sure. Uh, I try not to. Uh, let's, let's be more okay. positive. Um, do, you, do, you a more, do you have a favorite Mariah Carey song before we move on from her? Um, Always Be My Baby. Yeah. There's just so no contest. It's a top one. five pop song, like, of all time, in my opinion. And she looks beautiful in the video. Yeah. She's wearing denim on denim before it's popular. She's on a tire swing. It's incredible. Yeah. There's there's no arguing with that one. I know. When I, when I uh, do not at me and argue about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that video was filmed at Camp Mariah, which is like her camp for like for um, kids or whatever. And my school did like a three day like overnight mm. at Camp Mariah, like one year after that video came out. And I was obsessed the whole time with like locating all the different locations. Like where was the where was the campfire? Where was the tire? Did you swing? find them? Um, yeah, there's like a like a lake in the middle so okay. that's obviously what the tire swing was it was very exciting i did I that once with the sound of music <laughs> in austria yeah i was somehow in salzburg and then i just like spent the whole time being like this is where they do do re me and like jump over the hedges and this is where the nuns like dismantle the nazi cars very weird <laughs> I love it. there's just so much great pop culture tourism out there it's true we should start a company <laughs> yeah all right next okay what else are you excited my about? thing that i'm excited about um so I want to be really specific. I'm, uh, I was excited about Neighbors too. A couple Ringer staffers, uh, Lindsay Zolads and Allison Davis. Shout out to them. Uh, who are lovely writers, and um, they're not as excited about it. So we'll talk more about that on the Ringer in the in the newsletter. Okay, great. Keep an eye out for that. Um, I do support Zac Efron. Yeah, of uh, and course. so I'm very excited about the summer of Zac Efron because he mm-hmm. has another movie coming out. And I'm very The Wedding ex- Dates movie? The Wedding Dates movie. With uh, Adam Devine. Yes. I love Adam Devine. I'm I have hope for that. Me too. I, I just I hope that one day Hollywood can figure out a vehicle that is worthy of Zac Efron's talents. I mean, did you see the movie Hairspray? 
I mean, yes. Did Another you, one. I know How about it, that? I know it's a musical, so you might not like it, but that was really good. You know what? 17 again was not that bad. Yeah. Okay. I want to put that out there. Did Tate's you, nodding. Tate's up here for 17 again. I watched. Yeah. <laughs> Tate I watched, just yelled uh, Matthew Perry. I watched Summerland on the WB. Did you watch that? I did not. Zach, a young Zach Efron, pre-high school musical, Jesse McCartney. Wow. Beautiful soul. And Lori Laughlin, a.k.a. Aunt Becky. I mean, okay, I'll check that out. I watched every show on the WB and CW from the years like 1997 to 2008. Did you do your homework? Yes. Oh, wow. I, knew, I just was a huge loser. Okay. So no, just <laughs> had time for TV and for school. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Anyway, Zach is Zach. So I'm excited about the summer of Zach Efron, and I'm specifically excited about this interview that Zach Efron gave in Elle magazine. Okay. Um, Tell and me I more. would just, I'm, I'm interested in the end of the interview when Zach Efron talks about sharks. And I just like to do a dramatic reenactment. Of, sharks are kind of in the zeitgeist right now. I mean, when are they not? It's true. Ever since Shark Week. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your reenactment. All right. So we're going to, we're coming into this interview a little bit late. Um, and Zach Efron is saying, crossing the line of fear is what leads to greatness, <laughs> which is just a great <laughs> motto for everyone's life. Um, so the L magazine, I believe it's Mickey Rapkin who did this interview, um, asks, follows up. When did you cross that line? What was the answer? <laughs> I'd love to tell you. Uh, this is me as Zach Efron right now. Um, I was in Hawaii recently and I went shark diving with some researchers. I came face to face with a shark. I could either turn and try to beat the shark to the boat, or I could look it in the eyes and let it know I'm present and I'm not afraid. It went right past me, and I put my hand out, and I actually rode the shark for 10 to 15 seconds. <laughs> Hold on, there's more, because Elle Magazine dutifully asks, wait, what? Here's, what? Yes, what? After that, it came back, and it swam under my legs, and I just kind of touched it from the nose all the way to the tail. The researcher said that's a sign of respect. It goes back to that Bruce Lee quote, be like water. If you pour water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put it into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. What? And there ends the interview. That's Zach it. Efron, that's the my mic man. <laughs> what a legend. Okay, let's talk about the shark business okay. first. Yeah, great. Let's do it. Number one, that doesn't seem safe. No. So if you were the insurance company for Zac Efron, I would discourage him from riding sharks. Yeah, there is someone like at a studio just being like, this was not okay. <laughs> Number two, that just does not seem real. Okay, so here's the, I mean, obviously it's not real. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about this. Okay, first of all, 10 to 15 seconds is not a reasonable length to ride a shark. If you're riding a shark, you're riding it for five seconds max. Yeah. But... Obviously, also riding the shark presents some difficulties. So I want to unpack this. He says he was with some researchers. Okay. So tranquilized like, sharks, perhaps? Yeah. Like these are sharks that are in an environment where they're used to interacting with humans. Right. That's good point. Right? Good point. They're yes. not letting Zach Efron just like go into the wild. Sounds like a great white shark. Sounds like Jaws. Yeah. He doesn't specify what type of shark, also. So like maybe there's a secret, like happy shark sure. that we don't know about we've had some hammerhead sharks in the southern california area last summer watch out Amanda. don't tell me that and i'm, moving, I'm gonna leave california <laughs> stop it people seem to like touch those sometimes without dying so there's that okay um <laughs> maybe it was a hammerhead and you know you, you have to also with researchers is important here so like there are possibly other humans kind of more experienced humans right. in the mix like guarding this situation or also maybe they were like muzzled like who knows that's a good point he doesn't say yeah like this it sounds like zach efron's really selling the shark story with missing a lot of key information 
I mean, it's a pretty good story to sell. As far as like anecdotes that you have to give on press tour, this is a very a great good one. one. I mean, we're talking about it right now. Yeah. Also, I like the image of Zac Efron underwater in like a scuba suit with a shark. A hundred percent. That sounds like a great movie. Do you think that he was actually wearing a full wetsuit or is it just like half wetsuit because he always <laughs> has to be shirtless at all times? Great question. Do you think the sharks were also impressed by like his physique and were just like, sure. That's probably yes. why they didn't eat him. They're Definitely. like, oh, he's too fine of a specimen. Right. Um, did you see the movie We Are Your Friends? No. Okay. I know a lot I of did. people. I saw it opening weekend. Yeah. It is by far one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's like your secret favorite no. movie of the past five years. I just, based on talking to other people about We Are Your Friends, sort of believe that it is going to be a, become a cult favorite. I think it might. That's and a good like, point. And we'll definitely write a piece at some point that's just like reconsidering We Are Your Friends. Why did it do so badly? Because I think my reasons are not most people's reasons. Well, I mean, it was dumped in August. That's so true. that you know, normally means that it's not that great a movie. People don't, you don't have that many like huge box office hits in August. Right. Um, and then also it's not a superhero movie. So mm. that means that no it doesn't interest. do well. Like that's basically, that's, that's how things work in Hollywood right now. Um, <laughs> you know, I would say also that possibly the fact that it was Zach, Zach Efron playing a DJ had something to do with why it didn't do that well. That's true. Not a lot of wide appeal there. Yeah, also just, like, it, it was D an EDM movie, right? Yeah, the, D the DJ moment's kind of over, I think. Well, I also just think kind of the EDM audience and uh, the movie-going audience <laughs> are Not the same. opposed. It was written by Max from Catfish, yeah. or directed by him or something. Well, good luck to him. Yeah. I don't... I did, and whatever. But Z Zeph recovered, you know? He's got so many movies in the can. He has made an amazing number of bad movies yeah and people are still rooting for him i know all of us included i think i think zach efron is like a ringer uh yeah he's universally favorite. beloved everyone loves him yeah it makes no sense i don't even know why really for me it's like the combination of high school musical summerland and hairspray like those are three things that i have like a like a ranging level of interest but i like all of them yeah for me i would say he's a really compelling he has a very compelling specific presence, like a physicality mm -hmm. that no one else has. And yes, I just mean part of that is just he's really good at dancing. Yeah. Great um, dancer. And also, I guess he's muscly, though it's more of the dancing for yeah. me. Um, and then also, do you remember the time that he was like on the red carpet for the Lorax or something and a condom accidentally dropped out <laughs> of his pocket onto the red carpet? For a child. I think it was, was that an orange carpet perhaps? Yes, it was. That's why I think it was the Lorax because yeah. I vividly remember the Lorax orange carpet. And um, it, it, it was definitely a kid's movie anyway. And then I do think he turned it into like, someone asked him about it. And he was like, well, you got to be safe or something. And like did a proper like PSA for safe sex. Shout out to Zac Efron. I, I love it. All right. Well, we're rooting for you. And and for the sharks, I guess. Yes. For All the right. sharks too. I'm um, speaking of press tours. Yes. Your second favorite thing. My second favorite thing this week also comes from Late Night. Yeah. And it's also uh, a great interview. And this is with Greta Gerwig on Late Night with Seth, Ma Seth Meyers. Greta Gerwig, the legend. She's a legend. So she's on doing a press tour for Maggie's Plan, mm -hmm. which is a movie from Rebecca Miller, who's... Daniel Day-Lewis's uh, wife yes. and the granddaughter of Arthur Miller. So that's a big deal. Yes. Not to define her in terms of men. No. But she's you, an accomplished writer and director yes, in her she, own right. She is. You're right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're completely right. No, but it's also relevant because speaking of men, Greta Gerwig, like a lot of my favorite performances of her have come in Noah Baumbach movies. Who's yes. like both her creative partner and her romantic partner. Yes. So I'm like excited that she's in a movie made by someone else. This is great news for fans of Greta Gerwig. That's true. She's breaking out. Also, this movie 
has Julianne Moore and Ethan Hawke, which is phenomenal because they're both great. All people I love. Yeah. And it looks like it looks like a screwball comedy. And it basically it's about Ethan Hawke and Julianne Moore were dating. Ethan Hawke leaves Julianne Moore for Greta Gerwig and Greta Gerwig decides she doesn't want him anymore. So she and Julianne Moore scheme to get him back with Julianne Moore. Did you follow that? That's great. That's fantastic. So it's sort of like it's sort of like the other woman, but with revenge. Yeah. Not but without revenge and with indie actors who we actually like. Totally. Though I just want to say Kate Upton's performance in The Other Woman was transcendent. (laughs) I didn't see it. Tate is also nodding, just FYI. (laughs) I saw that. I'm so surprised that Tate likes Kate Upton. (laughs) Anyway, I love Greta Gerwig. Me too. I um Francis Ha is one of my favorite movies in the last five years. Um, I'm still recovering from it emotionally. And I was very, very charmed by this Fallon clip that you sent me. So she goes on Fallon and she talks about how when she was 13, she was in love with Leonardo DiCaprio. Which weren't we all? Yeah, weren't we all? She was like, I was the right age for the for Titanic, and like, yep, and also so for are Romeo we. and Juliet. She Romeo brings plus them both Juliet. Romeo plus Juliet. <laughs> Would yeah. she make the big point to uh, point out? Which she, I think was, if, you know, a shared transformative experience for both of us. Sure. For any like woman our age. Desiree singing "Kissing You" through the with the oh my god fish the tank fish tanks. Scene. Yeah, yeah, oh. it was really important. Oh. And to Greta Gerwig, she just tells this long story about how she loved Leonardo DiCaprio and like thought about like the logistics of like if she married him, who she would be, <laughs> and printing out pictures of the internet <laughs> off the internet, like on the sad like laser printer that runs out of ink halfway through, which was a definite 1996 teenage oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. It was just so Tate relatable. is now nodding his head like he was alive in 1996 <laughs> and knows anything about printing things on laser printers. I was alive. Yeah, you were not printing out pictures of Leonardo DiCaprio. I was not. Yeah. <laughs> I, have uh, a, I have a very good friend um, who had all of the Leonardo DiCaprio books. Because oh, you remember at this point, yeah. like pre-internet, there was an industry of like, it, like Tiger Beat Plus. Sure. And they would do completely unauthorized and like it was basically like a wikipedia page with photographs that you could buy at the bookstore and they were always like much smaller than normal books for some reason sure uh it was like a chat book yeah but my friend katie had the full collection and we found them recently amazing like 10 of them i, I love that stuff i was i was like that with the backstreet boys that was my one true passion i had like all yeah. of their merchandise um, but to Greta Gerwig, like she just voices this experience that like, as we were attesting to, mm-hmm. it was like very universal and makes her even more lovable. It also, it reminded me a lot of something Lena Dunham would say, but she delivers the story in such a different way that it's yeah. interesting to me that like they aren't discussed more together because they have a lot of similarities, like same age for sure, but their delivery and like their personalities are just so, so right. different. Or even the kind of the nature of their celebrity performance yeah. is extremely different. Greta Gerwig is like pretty awkward, but yeah. in a like incredibly charming way. I think she has a great smile. She does. She has like a large mouth, like for yeah. her smile in a great way. I mean, I don't know. I like, I love her movies like she just seems like someone i could know which i know is like the like annoying being like yeah i like her because she seems like a friend but like she does and this story just proved the point no she absolutely does and i feel like the movies that use her well tap into that and kind of like i think noah bombach movies do that especially well did you like mistress america I liked her in Mistress America. Mm. Can I say that? Sure. <laughs> then the scene in Mistress America, Greta Gerwig plays like a kind of a um, a character who is like a really deluded sense of self and like her place in the yeah. world, basically. And she like kind of she takes like a like a college freshman under her wing. She's a like cool like older stepsister who's thirty ish and who's not cool but thinks she's really cool. Yeah, and 
there's one scene or there's like one set piece of the movie where they like go to Connecticut and it kind of turns into like a screwball play, which is really fun and awesome, which makes me excited for Maggie's plan because I think it seems like it taps into a similar kind of Greta. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I would like for her to be able to find a career outside of Bobak movies. Yeah, me Not too. that they aren't great and I hope they keep making them forever, but I think she deserves a lot. I'm just, I'm looking forward to the movie and I was happy that she's like getting some national press. I also, I learned something about... um Late Night with Seth Meyers, which is I didn't know that he did this like second chance theater thing. Did you know about that? No, tell me. So he has guests of people who like were on Saturday Night Live or still are, and they do, they act out or they perform sketches that were cut from Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So they did. So the Lonely Island was also on the show the same night as her. So they did a lonely like a Andy Samberg sketch that I guess was cut in 2006. And then they do like a after show for the web about like performing the sketch. And that's like fascinating to me that um, like I think it's a, you know, obviously Lauren Michaels like runs the late night sure, stuff at yeah. NBC in general. And I know he's involved with Jimmy Fallon's show. But like the explicit Saturday Night, like, Saturday night Live connection between Seth Meyers show and is like fascinating to to me. Like it's like like an extension of the show he used to be on almost. I don't know. It's like a spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's so weird in late night. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, are the ex are the extras good? Or do you understand why they were cut this from Saturday one, Night Live? <laughs> this one was very obvious why it was cut. Okay. Um, it, but it was kind of funny because, like, I, you know, I forgot about Saturday Night Live Andy Samberg, which is a little bit different than, like, Lonely Island or actor yeah. Andy Samberg. So it was, like, funny to go back to that. I, I'm, like, a really big Lonely Island fan. I love their music. So <laughs> I, like, listen to Go Kindergarten all the time. Are you excited for Popstar? Kind of. I like the. I listened to the song with Adam Levine. Okay. I liked it. I don't wow, know. Wow, that's a that's a sentence. <laughs> I like <laughs> Sorry. I like YOLO. Podcast, I'm sorry, this is a podcast about enthusiasm. I will be quiet now. I liked YOLO, the other Adam Levine Lonely Island song. Okay. Also in retrospect, it's crazy that Kendrick Lamar is on that song. It's yes, though I think, you know, Kendrick will do anything. Show sure. up on any one song, as I think we learned from Bad Blood. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, anyway. I don't know. I just, like, the Greta Gerwig Lonely Island thing was funny. I'm just happy to see her expanding her public persona. Me too. That was a great positive note. Thanks. Your turn. Okay. Uh, my second thing that I'm really excited about, so this is, we're going retro to last week a little. Okay. Um, Ooh. A, ti- I would like to, a time warp. A time warp, if you will. I would like to talk a little bit about the fifth season of Scandal. Ooh. Are you a scandal person? I was, and then I stopped. Yeah, I feel like that is a that is true for a lot of people. Um, I don't like um, Fitz is a main problem for me. In fact, I hate him, and I like the character. I have no problem with Tony Goldwyn, but I just feel like he's a like totally like impotent president in a non-sexual way. <laughs> like, like, I just feel like he... Possibly also a sexual yeah, way. Yeah, who it's knows? Like, but like, yeah. why is he always available to be in her apartment in Washington, D.C.? I think that there are many reasonable complaints about the characters on the show and sure. how they have been sustained <laughs> over time and their motivations and the central love triangle, which like, they just do the same scene every five episodes. Right. Like, I still love him. No, I love him. Like, that's that's a major plot of scandal and that's you know you either have room in your life for that or you don't sure. and that's fine I, I like scandal is like to me what i think of as like a warm blanket show where yes. it's like it like fe- it washes over you as like a warm blanket if you're into it like i yeah. talk about grades like it's pure pleasure yeah so i completely agree and it has been it's so warm blanket to me that i keep watching it and i've kept watching it through the fifth season which is when i learned that um, they have done a really, they did a really smart job with the election this mm. season. Um, 
And with political stuff in general, I, I, at the end of the winter finale, which by the way, that's not a thing. No. But, um, who in invented episode, the winter finale? What? Who invented the winter finale? I think like Shonda Rhimes did. With like, that's pretty crazy. Okay, Or the on. marketing department. Um, <laughs> I think probably the marketing department is the correct answer. Um, they had a really long, they had a plot line that resulted in um, the the first lady character. Basically, Melly? the Melly, who is essentially the Hillary Clinton stand-in. Uh-huh. She was the first lady and then she's become a, she became a senator and now she's running for president. Uh, but she like filibusters for Planned Parenthood, Wendy Davis style. Cool. For like a long time. And meanwhile, Olivia, the Kerry Washington, Washington character, gets an abortion that they don't like put in any sort of like dramatic. Um, that they just like it's a thing that happens. So this is, I remember when Sandra O's oh's character on Grease yeah. had an abortion. It was just like, yep, yeah, that happened. Yeah. Uh, which is not something that you see on television. Never. And, it's amazing like, that they do And it. you definitely don't see that on like primetime network television no. so i was really impressed by that episode and then kind of in the second half of the season they invented a donald trump character that's and awesome so it's who like, played it um this is really interesting uh logan huntsberger's dad really yes huh he, he is donald is a, trump that guy's a dick yeah and he was a total dick and so they talked a lot about all the donald trump issues and running against they had hillary and another woman running for melly who's the hillary character and then another female candidate as well. And so they talked a lot about it, like sexism in the election. And that's cool. They're handling it. You know, Scandal is an absolutely ridiculous show with like nonsense terrorist plot lines. <laughs> and every five seconds, someone's like, wait, I want to go sleep with the other dude. And like everyone is just having it's nonsense. It's a soap opera. But I think that they have handled this so well and also in a arena where you would like not expect yeah, to see it that's cool so did how did the season end like has the, the well, election I, been resolved no the election has not been resolved the primary stuff has not been resolved and i don't want to spoil it for everyone okay because, i just was i was only asking yeah, because yeah, yeah it came it's been revealed this week at upfront that the show's not coming back until january next year right so i wonder if they kind of knew that they needed to get out in front of the election stuff they probably I didn't th- i i don't think they did and you know they made some they brought the Trump thing in and it was very interesting to watch them watch how they handled the Trump plotline, knowing that it was written three or four months in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was clearly written with the assumption that this is a man who would be gone and that this was not a thing that would be continuing. Interesting. Um, and I did wonder a little how they felt about handling it that way. And I did even wonder a little whether that decision was because the show wouldn't be able to kind of mirror what right. was happening in the right way. I think it's, I, it's also probably extremely hard to do a show now yeah. that's supposed to go up at the same time of the election and have them be it must be so contemporaneous. Hard. But, you know, they pulled it off really well in season five. That's I cool. was really impressed. So if you're one of those people who, like, gave up on Scandal but maybe still has it on your DVR, <laughs> like, go back. If, you know... I think that also it's like a testament to like the power of network television. Yeah. That like cable TV has become like the home for prestige TV, but um, network TV can respond in a way that cable shows can't because they are, they are like their, their production schedule is different. Because yeah. Absolutely. 22 episodes. They can like work in a current event. Like the good wife always used to do this. And that's like a cool thing that I think is underrated about network television. I totally agree. And I thought this was a really great example. Of yeah. It. I'm looking um, forward to some of the NBC shows or trailers look really good for next year. <laughs> I'm all in on network TV. I've always oh, wow. have been. I'm never leaving. Positivity has taken a real turn on this podcast. <laughs> Just to that the worst. All right, all right. My, my final note, and this is kind of a smaller one, but I yeah. think as it, it's a useful entry point into something else, which okay. is 
the TV show Unreal is coming back soon. First trailer yes. just dropped. Really excited. That's the show on on Lifetime that's like about the ba- like a making of The Bachelor, but it's a drama. It's very good. Films on the same lot is where we work, which makes me like it even more. Yes. And actually, like- I think I learned that they um it, the writing is here oh. and the filming is elsewhere. And it's in Canada, right? Yeah. Be- I know that because. I saw um, a picture of this of Johanna Brady and Freddie Stroma, okay. who were on this show last year, and it was a picture of them in Canada. And I was like, oh, they must have been filming there because he's British and she's American, I think. Right. So why would you go to Canada? Is yeah. And so anyway, the point is, she um, she almost won The Bachelor. Like he played The Bachelor, and she was one of the suitors, and she could have won, but she like embarrassed him. It was like very dramatic. She gave and, a feminist speech at the end. It was great. Yeah, it was great. And uh, now they're engaged in real life, and I just love when. T- TV relationships turn real. This is a particularly interesting one because they played dating show contestants yes. Yes. who did not end up together, but like a fake dating show created true real true life love. love. I love it. I don't even know what the levels are on that. It just like confirms my hunch that people who pretend to be dating each other on TV and movies, like if it works, it's usually because you actually like each other. Like, it just must be so confusing. I completely agree. Like, I just don't get it. But I don't know. I'm just excited about them. She was on this TV show, Greek, that I loved. So, okay. the underrated Greek. She's also on Quantico, which I tried to be a fan of, and it just didn't happen. Right. We and saw them watch it Yeah, once at your breakfast? first day working for The Ringer, we saw them at breakfast that at That is the LA I was promised, seeing <laughs> random celebrities at breakfast. What happened? Yeah. I, I was, I'm just excited with this couple and I'm really excited Unreal is coming back so it was, it was kind of like so am I. good timing to remind me that there's like summer TV is coming and summer summer is sneakily the best season for television and also if you did not watch Unreal that's a catch that's up. a jam session endorsement yeah. 100% catch that's, up that is some of the best binge viewing that I have done in my life totally and I it totally recommend just it just great work from Sheree Appleby she's fantastic yeah I love her jacket in that show the green one she always wears <laughs> Just love it. What a ball. Sorry. So much positivity. All right, Amanda. Okay, I have one quick positive, more positive thing. Um, Oscar Isaac. Oh, yes. Is uh, in oh, Rolling yes. Stone this week. It's a it's a really charming profile uh, by Brian Hyatt. Um, it's mostly charming because Oscar Isaac is charming as shit and says amazing stuff. But the most exciting thing about this um, that I just want to, that I'm really excited about, is that uh, the writer points out um, that... Oscar Isaac was photographed wearing an Atlas Shrugged t-shirt oh, no. at some point, oh, and the no. internet was very upset. And so we have a response from oh, Oscar great. Isaac. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here's his official response. I liked the design, he says. I didn't think wearing the shirt was saying I agreed with all her politics. I'm not a libertarian. Great. Good news. I feel great about what this. What a relief because we're going to be with him for several more Star it's Wars so movies. True. So I can watch those happily. He's well, the best. He's so great. And I'm just really glad to know that he's not a secret Ayn Rand head. After last week, when you suggested that Ryan Gosling might be really into the Fountainhead, <laughs> I've just been questioning everything and whether all the men in my life love Ayn Rand. And it's very good to know that Oscar Isaac is A, charming, and B, not a libertarian. If you're going to watch all six episodes of Show Me a Hero, you deserve to know <laughs> that he does not support. Or Ayn Rand necessarily. <laughs> I like Show Me a Hero, but it's a little bit of a tough watch at certain times. Come on. Yeah. Well, here are the things that we love. Okay. Mariah Carey, Scandal, Oscar Isaac, Greta Gerwig, Unreal, and the couple from Unreal. And Zach Efron and his sharks. And Sunshine. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Jam Session, Bye, everyone. everyone. Remember to sign up for the other Ringer podcast, the NBA show, the NFL show, The Watch, Keeping It 1600, Channel 33, and of course, the BS pod. 